You're listening to Parenting with Emotional Intelligence, a subset of the Living and Leading with Emotional Intelligence podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Nicole, the founder of Catalyst for Change, LLC, Generation EQ, and author of The EQ Deficiency. If you find the information in this podcast valuable and want to learn more about how you too can incorporate these essential skills in your family's lives, I welcome you to contact me personally and we can have a chat. You can find my personal calendar link and contact information in today's show notes. Today we're going to talk about timeout alternatives. Why timeout alternatives? Because timeouts don't teach kids much of anything. Sure, you can tell them to think about what they've done, but they're more likely going to be thinking about how mean and unfair you're being. (laughs) Now, they may tell you that they know what they did was wrong, they're sorry, and it won't happen again. Does that sound familiar? And while this may very well be genuine remorse, it's also plausible that they're telling you what you want to hear so they can get out of the hot seat, so to speak and just move on with their life. I think we can all recall a time where we said what we needed to say to get out of a sticky situation, or we were more sorry for getting caught because what that meant for us, not because we necessarily regretted what we did. And this cycle of punishment, apologize, and repeat is demonstrated throughout our life. And while none of us are perfect and will always make mistakes, I do believe that we can significantly reduce the amount of repeat offenses, so to speak, by practicing a more intentional approach to solving our people problems, starting with how we guide our children to make better decisions and understand not just the consequences of their poor behavior, but the process they went through mentally and emotionally that led to their behavior. This is where self-awareness and self-management happens, and this is what is going to set them up for success and well-being because it teaches them responsibility and that they have full control over how they feel and respond to any situation in life. And at the same time, it's going to save you much time and energy in the future because it will decrease your need to get involved in their problem-solving process or what once might have been discipline. Now let's go back to time out. What is your current method? Do you send your kids to the corner, have them stand and face a blank wall, send them to their room? So these are probably the three most common techniques for time out. And they are also the oldest techniques. They've been handed down through the generations like grandma's potato salad recipe, right? Obviously, I don't know you. But there's a good chance that how you do timeout is relatively close to, if not exactly, how your parents did timeout with you as a kid. And I'm sure like your parents, you too believe that you're doing what you need to do for good reason. And I have no doubt that that's the truth. If I ask you what your objectives are for timeout, you might say that it's to teach your child that what they've done is wrong and that bad behaviors come with consequences. And that you want them to think about what they've done. And that timeout isn't meant to be fun or a pleasant experience. It's meant to teach them something. And this objective, like the technique itself, is also likely the same objective that your parents had for you. They may have said something like, this is for your own good, right? Now, I agree with this objective. 
It is important to show kids that their poor choices come with consequences. And yes, they should take time to think about what they've done. So while your objective is on point, unfortunately, timeout strategies, which you've likely inherited, are more often than not ineffective at achieving your defined objective. Again, this isn't your fault. You didn't know. Your intentions are good. Here's the thing. This model of punishment to fit the crime is a long-standing belief in our society. There's no wonder why we have such a high re-entry rate in the correctional systems. Instead of solving for why the situation happened, we are notorious for shaming and blaming, assuming that if we make people feel bad for what they've done and put fear in them through harsh punishment and long sentencing, they will have taught them a lesson and they'd be foolish to do it again. And what happens? They do it again. Just as I'm sure you are continuously on the same cycle with disciplining your child, punishment Scolding and timeouts only partially and temporarily deters poor behavior. It doesn't solve anything. It doesn't teach anything. In fact, it does more harm than good because now we are creating resentment instead of collaboration. And this broken system exists across many of our established institutions. And it's hard to say which came first, but it is fair to say that when we use this model in child rearing, It feeds into this cycle of repeating offenses instead of treating the source and providing a solution. Now let's go back to our main objective for why we place kids in timeout. Again, assuming your objectives are to teach your child that actions have consequences and that you want them to think about what they've done and why it was wrong, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But some parents want their child to feel bad and ashamed of what they did. And this is an area I would advise against, and here is why. Shame affects our self-worth, and this can lead to things like denial, justification, projection, low self-esteem, etc. A healthy alternative to shame is guilt. Guilt is different from shame in that when we feel guilty, we are feeling bad about the behavior or our lack of action. Whereas shame is attaching that behavior to our identity and assuming that we are a bad person for doing or not doing something. Unfortunately, we tend to make people feel ashamed versus guilty. In fact, you may have recently said or heard someone say, you should be ashamed of yourself for saying that or doing that, right? It's a common phrase. And this is yet another example of conditioning and ineffective social scripts that are being unconsciously passed down from generation to generation. At least we don't make kids wear dunce hats anymore. If you've never heard of it, you should Google it. But pretty much it was like this white con hat that was meant to intentionally evoke humiliation and shame in students who did something wrong, according to the teacher. All right, so let's get to what you came here for. Timeout alternatives. Depending on the age of your child, how you go about timeout alternatives is going to look a bit different. But here are the basics. Always start with the objective and your child in mind. Meaning, what are you hoping for them to gain and learn from this experience? We've already established that we want to teach them about consequences. 
but more importantly, we want them to effectively process what they did, why they did it, and understand what they were feeling and what they might do differently in the future. This level of processing and awareness is challenging for many of us because we likely weren't raised to have this level of awareness and understanding. And secondly, it requires vulnerability. If we don't feel safe, heard, and loved, it makes being vulnerable very difficult, if not impossible. That said, your attitude going into this plays a major role in how your child is going to respond to you and works through this process of understanding, acknowledgement, and acceptance of responsibility. So we have to be careful not to approach them with a condemning or judgmental undertone, even if we're upset with their actions. We can still be disappointed or upset by the behavior or action itself, while also approaching the child with love and understanding. For example, I may say something like, Charlie, that behavior is not something I am willing to tolerate, and you know that. We're going to talk about this later, but for now, I want you to take some personal time to process what just happened, and we can talk about it afterwards. In the moment, they may not want to hear anything that you have to say, But if you approach it with a loving tone, they're more likely to want to work through that problem with you and become more curious with exploring their feelings and analyzing the situation once they've had time to calm down. When we are worked up, we cannot think rationally. So while we may want to immediately punish, it's not going to be as effective. Now for younger children, say ages two to six, I recommend a calming corner. A calming corner can either be set up in their room or in a common area. This is an alternative to go sit in the corner or stare at a wall. It's an area that is inviting and offers tools and resources to help your child process their feelings and think about their actions. Some things that you may want to put in this corner are comfortable pillows for them to sit on. You can also buy charts. Uh, for a calming corner, which I'll put the link to in the show notes. And these charts that you can put on the wall or these notebooks contain images of faces with different emotions to help your child identify what they're feeling or how they want to feel. And you may also have charts or cards that help them to find a way to self-regulate certain emotions. After they've had time to calm down, then you can talk to your child about what they did what they were feeling when they did it, why it was a poor choice, who might have been affected by their choice, and what they can do next time to prevent it from happening again. As the parent, it would be up to you to decide potential consequences for their actions. Sometimes we all need a bit of grace, but there are also those times where we do need to reinforce that certain actions do not go without consequence. For instance, If your child intentionally hits you or their sibling or purposefully breaks something out of anger, whatever the case may be, I suggest that before you establish consequences, you give them an opportunity to process what they did. Otherwise, they may just be thinking about their punishment the whole time. For older children, like tweens and teens, I recommend allowing them space 
and your self space to calm down first. But don't say calm down. Just allow that space for them to calm down and for you to calm down before having a discussion around what happened. Being able to have a constructive conversation and hold a safe space for them, even in the presence of wrongdoing, is extremely important, especially during these years of your child's life because stress and outside pressures are stronger than ever. So many things are changing within them and around them as they are transforming from a child into an adult. And at the same time, they are trying to establish their own identity while feeling the pressure to conform from the outside world. So I recommend giving them a bit of extra grace. You're not being a pushover when you do this. And any time that we feel our power as a parent is being threatened by kindness, that is our ego talking and the conditioning from the social scripts that have been written for us that tell us that to be effective and in charge, we need to rule by force. Kindness doesn't mean that you have to be complacent. That is a misconception. You can still be assertive and kind, steadfast and confident, and the results will speak for itself. So next time you're about to send your child to timeout, I recommend giving these alternatives a go. It's also going to test your ability to self-regulate in the process because it's easy to get triggered by our children's misbehavior and react ourselves. Just remember, how we react is how they will learn to react as well. That's all for today's Parenting with Emotional Intelligence Nugget. Like all Parenting with EI episodes, they are only a high-level approach. But if you found the information in this episode valuable and you would like to learn more or have questions, I encourage you to check out my website, generationeq.org where you can find out information about upcoming Generation EQ Parents Clubs, where I personally facilitate 90-minute interactive discussion sessions every month on parenting with emotional intelligence and expand upon topics such as this. In addition, I offer private family programs, which take into account your family's unique personalities and behaviors. I will place the link to Generation EQ where you can find all this information in the show notes. Until next time, live and lead with an open heart and open mind. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.